Opening Arguments is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. He's not even a lawyer and he's kicking your ass. No! Bad lawyer! I need a loophole! He's not Judge Judy an executioner! He is! Sorry, but my mother always said if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Will that hold up in court? No, I've tried it before. Stop. Ask a question a lawyer would ask, please. Uh, I am a lawyer. Welcome to Opening Arguments, the podcast that pairs an inquisitive interviewer with a real-life lawyer. This podcast is sponsored by the Law Offices of P. Andrew Torres, LLC, for entertainment purposes, is not intended as legal advice, and does not form an attorney-client relationship. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. Hello, and welcome to Opening Arguments. This is episode 381. I'm Thomas Smith. That's Andrew Torres. How are you doing, Andrew? I am fantastic, Thomas. How are you? You know, I'm so much better. I was, uh, you know, apologies. I was a little down last episode. It's a tough time. I hope people understand. But uh, yeah. I feel way better. I think getting to getting to talk to you, getting to record with fun people, doing the show, it does put me in a way better mood. So my answer is I am patent pending fantastic as well. <laughs> and speaking of, I'm also very excited for our interview with uh, Devin Stone. That's Legal Eagle on YouTube. It gave us an incredible shout out the other the other week. And uh, it it all it was meant to be after that. We're we're uh, we're gonna have him on, and it'll be a ton of fun. Really, really great YouTube channel and a fun guy. Uh, any announcements? I mean, we can just re up the fact that we are doing the Q and A on YouTube May first. That's Friday, so that's this week. Uh, that's at five Pacific, eight Eastern, and uh, th- that is a lot of fun too. And again, as Andrew said last time. Everybody can come on YouTube and watch. And we're, we're in the chat, too, to a certain extent. You know, we, we do prioritize patron questions on the Patreon thread. That is a perk of patreon.com slash law. But everybody can hang out, be in the chat, participate. It is a ton of fun. I've, uh, you know, in the last several months, I've gotten my S together and really figured out how to actually stream properly and uh, do all that stuff. So it's been even better lately, uh, <laughs> if I do say so myself. So come join us on Friday. But I think that's the only announcement I have. You have anything, or are we getting to our amazing interview here? No, let's uh, let's get to it. I'm excited. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. I'm sorry, I see. I'm in a better mood. I'm just. It's I, fun. I, okay, I used to. I used to play poker with a guy who. Every time he went to the to, to the flop, like would say, "Roll that beautiful bean footage." So uh, he just made me and happy. I'm sure it was funny the first like three and a half times. And yeah, then and, that, and then yeah, a little yeah. bit, but you know, still good, still good, still good. All right. On that note, let's let's get Devin, the legal eagle, 
uh, on the uh, on the blower here on the Skype machine. And we are joined again by Devin Stone, Legal Eagle on uh, YouTube, of course. Devin, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. I am still just, uh, you know, I'm definitely um, uh, tense about the bar exam question on the last show. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> we got it right, but uh, we have plenty more to talk about. Um, and, wait, you wait, know, me I, too. I, I just, me too. I just want to, I just. You you said you were doing fantastic, is that right, Devin? I just I just want to make Ooh, sure as I'm yeah. compiling all of my evidence for the uh, cease and desist order, which may or may <laughs> not exist here. Uh, yeah, keep going. No, I, I'm sorry. I'll 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 I'll, I'll you, sit back a little bit. You know, you know, Andrew. Uh, uh, given that I, on my on my YouTube channel, I, I I try to explain the law to people. I feel like I'm also doing good for the world. Uh, well, the yeah. the, uh, the yeah, joke there to... <laughs> is that uh, somehow Andrew is always fantastic. He says he's doing fantastic every show, despite the fact that the world is falling apart usually. Um, but uh, so I, I think that maybe that's just a common lawyer thing. I don't know what it is that you it, lawyers these it, days it seem could to be, be able the... to maintain optimism. It could be that Devin and I are the only two lawyers on the planet that enjoy our, our respective jobs. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't I don't want to undercut my own. Uh, uh, cease and desist motion. So, um, <laughs> lawyers famously have a sunny disposition. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, if anyone's not familiar, the uh, your YouTube channel, Legal Eagle, is uh, absolutely amazing, and uh, you do stuff that I wish I could get Andrew to do, like watch really good shows that I couldn't get him to watch <laughs> and uh, review them. But uh, how how are you pulling that off? Do you have? Because Andrew's got to, you know, it's billable hours, it's time, it's he's got to be reading documents. How, give us your story. How did you uh, go about starting your channel and and uh, and a little bit about your background for people who aren't familiar? Yeah. So, you know, I think my story starts probably in high school, believe it or not. Uh, in my senior English class, uh, my teacher, Mrs. Glenn, who who I absolutely loved, gave everyone the, the option of doing either a long paper, which at the time seemed like 30 or 40 pages, but in retrospect, it was probably like 10 pages. <laughs> yeah. Or, or doing a video uh, as a final senior project. And so my three best friends and I decided that uh, to hell with this, uh, this paper nonsense, uh, we're going to make a, a video where we satirize all of the, the English works that we read in the class. And it, it ended up taking us about six or 7,000 hours over the course of the year. Uh, this is right in the time when uh, video cameras first started to become digital. And over the course of that year, we had a huge amount of fun uh, doing these skits and video editing and learning cinematography. And we put it together and it turned into an hour long video for the class that to my knowledge, they're still showing people, uh, for example, the, um, uh, the, uh, Pride and Prejudice as a soap opera called The Proud and the Prejudiced <laughs> uh, was was one of my favorites. And, um, you know, I I, uh, I went the big firm route when I graduated from law school. And, uh, you know, I like many people in my my cohort, I don't really watch TV so much as I watch YouTube all the time. And and I figured, you know, I can I can do some of that. So I, I started a channel called Legal Eagle that was for helping law students in law school. I, I had a pretty good time in law school, had some fun and got pretty good grades. And so I was helping law students uh, have a, a similar experience. And then after a year of doing that, I started doing some generalized real lawyer reacts type 
videos. And overnight, I went from 15,000 subscribers to about 150,000 subscribers over the course of about three weeks. And I figured, hey, there uh, there might be something to here. Uh, to, to this and uh, and the, and the rest is history. I've been doing it for a couple of years now and and loving every second of it because I get to be pedantic and uh, people for some reason enjoy hearing me talk about the law and and break things down. Uh, and uh, for better or worse, I, I get to slash have to watch things like Tiger King or um, How to Get Away with Murder and. Um, and uh, I, I, I get to people. I, I get to explain uh, to people how not realistic all this stuff is, <laughs> even the stuff in real life. Well, I, I will say, yeah, real life uh, is not currently very realistic. Uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> that. That is super true. I, I was just going to say on the the real lawyer reacts videos. Uh, t- Thomas has been trying to get me to watch Breaking Bad for. Uh, let's see, how well, long have we been doing the show? I, I would uh, say the first order years. of priority <laughs> is I cannot believe the first thing, like the, one of the first things between Andrew and I, because Andrew. Is in uh, you know Baltimore and blah blah blah. So I was like, well, naturally you've watched The Wire, which is a phenomenal show, and there's you know there's probably some interesting law questions in The Wire, you know, I imagine. And he said, no, nope, hadn't seen it, and that was the beginning <laughs> of our of our tumultuous relationship of Andrew not watching any good shows. So it was The Wire first. <laughs> Then it was Breaking Bad. And then I saw Better Call Saul once I had learned a lot from Andrew on, you know, over the course of doing the show. And I thought that the the law seemed actually really good, but I never know for sure because, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but seemed really good. And uh, breaking news, I think Andrew is finally watching uh, Better Call Saul. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I still have not seen Breaking Bad. So I, I recognize yeah. that, like, there are things that I don't get from a uh, from a narrative standpoint, but um but I, I actually uh, had a little bit of time and I watched the first uh, five episodes of, uh, of Better Call Saul. Uh, and then I watched the uh, the Get Lawyered video afterwards because because I messaged Thomas immediately after seeing episode four. And I was like, e- episode four of Better Call Saul is right up there with my cousin Vinny for uh, <laughs> among the best lawyering, particularly in a comedic context that I've ever seen, uh, you know, in a, in a TV or movie uh, production. Can, can you refresh my recollection as to what happens in the fourth episode? Yeah, it's been like a lot of seasons by now for people who actually <laughs> watch the show as it comes out. <laughs> so <laughs> episode four is the one where, um, Jimmy, who I who I guess becomes Saul, like I, that's another thing I don't uh, I don't I don't yeah. get yet, right? But um, but so Jimmy Bob Odenkirk, the the, the protagonist question mark uh, has <laughs> has gotten the fifty thousand uh, dollars from the uh, the couple that was camping in the woods, and he uses it to go oh, out the Kettlemans, yeah, the, the, exactly, uh, and and he goes out and buys a suit. Uh, and has his hair dyed identical to his brother's law partner, uh, uh, Hamlin, uh, and then puts up a billboard that is um, <laughs> himself dressed in the suit with the identical hair and a logo that is uh, <laughs> absolutely, you know, substantially similar to the Hamlin Hamlin McGill logo. Uh, and then and there is a uh, there's a there's a conference in judges chambers on the you know potential uh i guess i guess it's it's meant to be a conference before a tro hearing uh in which uh hamlin then says look like i'm gonna get an injunction requiring you to take this billboard down and 
everything about that conference is is perfect, right? Like Hamlin's arguments are a hundred percent correct, and Jimmy, who's you know supposed to be like the the con man turned lawyer kind of bumbling, is saying nonsense, and like the judge <laughs> is, ju- and the acting is fantastic, and the judge just sort of like looks over at Hamlin, even though like Hamlin's the the bad guy, right? The judge sort of looks over at Hamlin and is like, I- I'm sorry, you have to listen to this nonsense, right? <laughs> like, like, and, and and yeah, and it's great because spoiler alert, it, it's a setup that that Jimmy knows he's going to lose and 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 it's also great because you hear about uh tro's temporary restraining orders all the time and it's 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 up there with like i'm going to take this to the supreme court in terms of nonsense (laughs) that's never going to happen but in a soft ip context like trademark or uh, copyright those are the kind of situations where you have irreparable harm that is likely to give rise to a tro or a pi yep uh and it's it's hilarious that they actually use that correct context to create this um uh, this this uh, this conference before the judge and and Jimmy is throwing in the towel. He's he's putting up a good fight, but he actually doesn't care whether he wins or loses the hearing in the first place. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a great like it, the, the the plot line is good, but also like the standard that that they argue over is the correct standard here in yeah. the soft yeah, IP context, which is likelihood it's a great of confusion. Show yeah. where they do their homework and get it right. <laughs> you know, let's we'll, we'll come back to this, but I I did want to ask uh, Devin uh, um, because it's. It's something that I think that Andrew's talked about that I think a lot of people are interested in the fact that, you know, Andrew went the uh, the big firm route and, uh, had, you know, has a has a very interesting story about the burnout involved and going on his own. I, I, did I catch that right in your story? Did you go kind of the big law route? And are you if if so, you know, are you still doing that? Are you YouTubing full time? Uh, are you are you OK to talk about that? That part of your yeah story? oh I, absolutely I I was actually going to bring up the same thing because one of the reasons I think Andrew should continue to watch uh, Better Call Saul is that <laughs> I think in the second or third season they bring in a big firm and some of the characters are employed with this big firm and the it's it's big firm in the context of of New Mexico yeah New Mexico yeah. but. Uh, but it's still they clearly had someone talking about big firm life and the ridiculous nonsense that goes in, which you just don't see. It's and, and there's a reason it's because it's super boring. Yeah, no, it's because every um, movie that's made is Tom Cruise graduates from law school and goes directly to be the major partner of, you know, like is handling the top cases in his firm. They skip the part where you're in a basement for 12 hours. Well, ago. that and 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 the criminal lawyers have had it too good for too long that people think that the the criminal laws where the sexy stuff happens, which mm. could not be further from the truth. It's the it's the civil lawyers in the big firms that really that's where all the, the juicy stuff ha- I'm I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was right prepared um, to say right on. I mean, there's nothing better than uh than document review, so yeah. So, so yeah, my, my story is, is probably very similar. I, I, I graduated from law school and, um, signed up for those golden handcuffs, uh, <laughs> you know, as quickly as possible. And I, big firm life, uh, rightfully is often excoriated, but I, I actually think that there is no better place to get real training for, for law that, um, people that come out of law school, uh, don't know anything about the law or legal practice. Amen. And, and it's really more of an apprenticeship than it's given credit for. And, and depending on the firm, uh, I really think that, that there's no better place to, 
uh, to really learn how the legal system works and to, to work at a level that is, you know, just on another level, uh, in, in part because they have bodies to, to throw at it, but often, you know, clients will pay for superlative legal work mm. that you won't, you won't do or have the time to do or the, the, um, the motivation to do in other places. So, uh, you know, people often burn out of it, but it, I think it's a great place to, to become a, a real actual lawyer. Well, and, and, and I want to jump in on that a little bit that, um, you know, that is consonant with things that, I, that I've said on the show, which is these, yeah, the, <laughs> Devin, you, you probably heard the same saying, right? That I can get you 95% of the way there in 10 hours, 99% of the way there in a hundred hours, or 99.9% of the way there in a thousand hours, right? And yep. when you have a billion dollar commercial litigation case, right, with Microsoft on one side and Lloyd's of London on the other, the, those are the kinds of cases in which people will say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay for that extra, you know, not just the extra 4%, but the extra 4.999%. Um, and, and you do, right? I mean, like, like the way in which, you know, you prepare for oral arguments, you know, still do it today is, you know, you read every single case that's ever been written on the subject, right? <laughs> the, only, Absolutely. the only question is today, like, I kind of have to do that. I, I can't, I can't bill for time spent on that. Uh, whereas, <laughs> you know, back at, back in the day, uh, yeah, yeah, you could, you could absolutely. So I, I, I really think not only do I endorse, you know, what you've said in terms of the, uh, you don't know anything coming out of law school and it's a good apprenticeship, but the dynamic that you described there too, right? Which is, Having the grind that makes it one of the things that, you know, I've talked about from a from a burnout perspective and also from a negative social externality perspective, right? Like the billable <laughs> hour and everything is a drive that leads itself towards um, doing a kind of legal work that you don't see in any other context. So I, yeah. I do I do agree with that. You know, <laughs> exactly. And and not to turn this into uh, a love fest between Andrew and Devin slash uh, no, please big do. Fir- for- former big firm attorney uh, therapy. <laughs> I-, I think that I, I respect the amount of, of research that uh, that that Andrew, you, you put into uh, each and every show. And it's it's something that I, I try to do on on my YouTube channel as well, that there are a lot of people that uh, will opine on legal things and the secret about lawyers, and I, I guess I'll, I'll share all of, of the secrets here, is that lawyers are not like doctors in that we just simply know all of human anatomy or we know all of American jurisprudence off the top of our heads. We, we might have inklings about it, but the answer is almost always it depends and I have to do research to figure out. And especially when you have a, a general proposition and then um, exceptions that completely swallow the general rule. Um, you get into a lot of trouble just talking off the cuff, uh, because uh, you haven't done the particular research. So, uh, so I, I, that is another thing that big, big firm life really instills in you is thorough, accurate research. And, and that's something that, that I try and do for all of my videos. And, uh, and I respect that, that you do the, the same thing. Yeah, at, at, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think sort of three, three things with respect to what you just said there. The, the first is, Oh man, the off the cuff. Like we, we do a recurring segment that I think is really important called Andrew was wrong. Uh, because <laughs> I always, and you know, we have, 
a significant number of lawyers and law students that listen to the show and um, lawyers are pedants, uh, delightfully so, self-admitted. <laughs> but uh, but oh, man, do they love it when uh, when I when I get something wrong. And almost all of those tend to be like when I get something wrong, it's not in an area. It's not usually in an area that um, I'm totally unfamiliar Right. Like I, I rarely get it wrong when I've researched some area of law that I in which I don't practice. Almost all of it is when I'm talking about it's something that I've practiced for, you know, two decades <laughs> and I'm speaking off the cuff and I'm like, well, obviously it's X. And and uh, and and it turns out that, you know, there's an exception that I wasn't thinking about Um uh, or know. there was some intervening case yep. in the last yep. month or two yep. that, uh, you know, like the Led Zeppelin case in the Ninth Circuit completely changes yep. copyright laws. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we've done we've done three or four episodes on that. That's that's uh, we could go off down that rabbit trail. <laughs> the the second thing and again, for the for the lawyers listening that I really I've said this before, but but I thought you put it really, really nicely. As a result of point number one, one of the things that I see young lawyers often struggle with is is a thing humans struggle with, right? Is the saying, I don't know when you get a question. Um, and, and, and I will tell you, like, nothing builds credibility with your clients more quickly than when you get a very detailed fact situation to be able to say, okay, well, the basic principles are kind of X, Y, and Z, but in terms of your fact you know, your specific fact pattern, I'm going to have to take a look to see if you fall on this side or that side. Uh, I just don't know off the top of my head. Um, that that's what oh, really, I think, I think clients hate really? that. I mean, they, ex- oh, oh, they expect man. that you're, you're, you're a lawyer. You went to friggin' law school. I, well, you should absolutely know every single in and out of this potential fact situation. I will say that it, it, uh, it absolutely uh, creates credibility with the judge yeah. that uh, if you do not know the answer to something, it is okay to say that you do not know, but that you can look it up. But the last thing you want to do is lose credibility and say something that is false uh, because the judge and his or, or, or her clerk is listening and, <laughs> and, and they will and, hold and ready to pounce. To yeah. Now, I, it, yes. I, I, I embrace the yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to take a look at that <laughs> for but but you you cut ahead to the punchline for that reason. Right. Which is you you the most important thing in terms of arguing before a court that, um, you know, I really had to scale back from from my associate days was, you know, the the notion of zealous advocacy is sometimes candid advocacy, right? Like that, the, that the best lawyers can go in and, you know, you front your weaknesses and by fronting yeah. the weaknesses in your case, um, you, you do so in a way that that preempts the other sides or the judge's uh, objections and, and can kind of minimize them. Right. So, you know, I find that the phrase, there are a minority line of cases that go the other way. See, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I find that I use that construction in my dispositive motions, like all the time, right. Like to, to sort of flag that argument. So I, 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 I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the trick of front running uh, bad facts or bad law uh, is absolutely one of the, the best trial lawyer tactics of uh, creating credibility with any particular audience. And uh, because, you know, people are smart, judges are smart, juries are smart, that they know if there are flaws in 
in a, in a case. And, you know, if you don't bring them up, the other side will. And there are different schools of thought on this, but I, I tend to believe that you are better off uh, engendering credibility and admitting to the um, the downsides up front and explaining and, and taking the first crack and taking the wind out of the sails uh, from the other side of um, being able to use it against you. But as we've seen, as we've all seen in countless uh, films and shows that we've had to watch for this, usually that's too boring for writers. So they're like, well, one side will bring in a witness that the other side's never heard of, doesn't know anything about, and makes an argument that they're like, oh, what? Oh, man, what are we going to say to that? And then they got to go home and think it through and come up with their surprising response. It's not really how it works in TV and movies oftentimes. Yeah, well, people don't want to see motions in limine to exclude surprise witnesses. So, uh... <laughs> A series of surprise witnesses, each more surprising than the last. Yeah, I, it, it, that that the, the one thing I can't figure out is I, I can't figure out. Maybe you have some insight on this. Why? Shows are like genetically incapable of doing direct and cross examination correctly, <laughs> right? Like that's plenty exciting on its own, right? Yeah. Like I, it, it. I, there's a reason we actually do it that way in courtroom trust, but like literally, just about every law movie or TV show will will feature, you know. Uh, uh, leading questions on direct and then like wide open questions followed up by the Perry Mason, like now you really did kill the guy. And then, you know, sobbing in tears on cross. Um, any, uh, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think uh, the screenwriters need tit for tat that uh, if one person makes a good point, you can't wait for them to make a whole bunch of good points and then turn it over for the cross and then redirect and, and recross. You got to have the the lawyer who, you know, the, the, it drives me nuts, but the, the directing attorney will ask one question and then it'll kick it over to the other attorney who will ask one question, kick it back over <laughs> to the original directing attorney for another question, just ping ponging back and forth. Um, and there is not a judge in the, in the world <laughs> that would allow that to happen uh, and the time, the extra time that it would take, you know, it, it, it you know, as with anything, it, it makes for better TV, but well, uh, the, the judges though? would hate that. I don't know. <laughs> I, so here's the thing. If anything, Better Call Saul proves that you can do all the things, you know, it just takes yes. some work. That's one of the recurring things. And I don't know if you uh, think about it the same way, Devin, but w- oftentimes when we're doing a lot awful movies where we're doing kind of what you're doing a little bit with the real lawyer, lawyer reacts series that you do, uh, which is which is fantastic, by the way. Um, we we often are like, look, let's make our version of this movie that would be just as good or better, but also isn't so blatantly stupid on the law like it's possible to do. It just feels so lazy oftentimes some of these some of these shows and movies that we see. Yeah, that's what I found with Better Call Saul is that because they took a relatively realistic approach to it, they were able to tell different stories that we've all seen the yeah. um, the, the the crazy Perry LA Mason. Law, yeah. Ally McBeal, Perry Mason stuff <laughs> um, so many times that they, they've all become scenes of fair that we know what's going to happen next. Whereas with Better Call Saul, because they have some good consultants on the show um, – we get different storylines and different outcomes that we've never seen before, which is wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So, so now I, I have to ask the question um, uh, other than we we've mentioned better call Saul and we've mentioned um, 
uh, my cousin Vinny, of course. Um, you mentioned I, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? What else? I know. I know what my answer is, but uh, but what else would you call out as having, um, you know, sort of uniquely, uh, you know, good good law as a uh, a TV show or movie? Uh, okay, in terms of realism. Um, Oh, the, I mean, the one shining example for me is the Rainmaker with uh, Matt Damon, Danny DeVito, and John Voight. It's, uh, it's <laughs> wait, didn't we do that? We did. We absolutely did. Uh, it's it's based on a John Grisham book, and Whoa. the whole thing, the whole movie is about discovery and uh, the antics that go on with depositions, and it's a, it's about a big firm. Uh, pushing around a, a recent law grad who barely has passed to the bar and he is getting thrown into the fire and is figuring things out, you know, by himself. And at, at times the judge uh, who's played by uh, Danny Glover helps him out. He's like, are you sure you didn't mean this? Or, uh, you know, the big firm attorney is making accurate objections during the trial, which is amazing. They're getting the objections right. And the, the judge is like, uh, uh, you know, maybe you want to ask it this way. Uh, and, and Matt Damon's character picks up on it and, uh, and is able to do it. The objections were right. The response was right. The judge was right to sustain it. And it was totally realistic that the judge would kind of help it help it along. Um, so and, and plus, it's uh, it's a Francis Ford Coppola uh, movie oh, yeah. that it, it, the, the cinematographer, I can't remember who it is, but they're amazing. The script is amazing. It manages to be unbelievably great from a story perspective and character perspective. And it happens to get the law right as well. Uh, I, I, I can't say oh. enough good things about the rainmaker. I feel like we had a slightly different take on that one, <laughs> but uh, you know, but, but, it, yeah. but it's fun because there, there are those moments in that where, where, when, when a movie gets something you're looking for, right. That, you know, you can kind of overlook some of the other stuff. Like we've done, we've done a fair amount of, uh, of John Grisham films to, uh, to, to yeah. varying no, degrees. Question. Devin, I got to ask you this. What is the, deal with John Grisham. <laughs> He's everywhere. Like, and most of the movies we do that are John Grisham are so bad on the law that it's like, did he even go to law school? I don't, what is your John Grisham feeling? Uh, yeah, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm a huge fan. It just, it, there's just, just one, uh, diamond in the rough. Yeah. That is the rainmaker. I mean, a time to kill is terrible client and the firm are both not great. Um, <laughs> Run, runaway jury. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, bad. but well, actually, so, so Andrew, are, are you saying that, uh, that you're not a fan of the Rainmaker? Is this where the love fest ends, uh, with a screeching Ooh. halt? So it, it, here's, here's what I will say. Um, I don't, I don't have, like, I remember that the Danny DeVito character, it like, we there oh, were yeah, a lot of things that like character. yeah rubbed me the wrong way where you know the paralegal like i think argues emotion at one point like there's there's some crazy stuff but but i do get so i had a different take but it it was it was in universe it was clear that that was not proper that <laughs> like he was just stalling for time for matt damon yeah. to get there and how many times <laughs> have your paralegals saved your ass and don't tell me that it's never happened. It has absolutely <laughs> happened. I, I, here's the analogy I, I will make. I don't know if you've done this one. We, we just did um, class action. So another, we're, we're thinking of making Gene Hackman the, the patron saint of, of law at awful movies because he's, he's been <laughs> in about a dozen of these. Um, and, and 
almost everything is wrong about class action, including the fact that the case that, that it, it's about, the Ford Pinto case, is not a class action. <laughs> the Pelican action. brief. <laughs> yeah, Devin, oh God. the Pelican brief is not, not a brief. brief. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but there was this, but there's this delightful moment in the movie in which it, it, it sort of gets right the dynamics between big firm discovery and plaintiff's you know, plaintiff's lawyers that like kind of warmed my heart, even though everything else was terrible. So, so I get, yeah. right. I, and, and the alcoholism of uh, plaintiff's lawyers, <laughs> uh, no comment on that. Well, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, no, so, so I, I do get that when you, when you get all of a sudden those, uh, those moments where you're like, Oh, this is, this has realistically captured this particular part. So I'll, I'll ignore the fact that like, you know, there's banter over the dinner table in which the lawyer, father and daughter, like shout cases at each other and expect the other side to uh, recite the holding and the facts. And you know, that um, I mean, I don't know. I don't come from a family of lawyers, but (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, reality follows art here. I mean, Ty Cobb and, and John Dowd were overheard, talking about their cases at BLT stake in, in DC in the, in one of the many Trump cases before they were fired from, from that particular case. So, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it became true. It, the, the amount of Don't, chatter that, that, that goes on. I, I, uh, I, I've told this story on the air before, but, uh, uh, but I think in a, in a Q and a, so I don't, I don't know that I've done it on the main feed, but, but I was, I was once the um, lead defense attorney uh, in a mass, uh, insurance coverage litigation. So, you know, there were 40 other insurance parties and like 80 or 90 of us lawyers, uh, in an eight week trial in Beaumont, Texas. Um, and, and so, uh, the hearing was Monday morning at, at 8 a.m. Uh, so everybody got in Sunday night and Beaumont only has like one or two hotel, you know, so, so we were all at, had like, you know, at the same Motel 6 in Beaumont, Texas, which had which I was watching, you know, you turn on TV, it's like 10 o'clock at night uh, the, the night before. And, you know, there was like Fox News. Uh, it was a local news affiliate, like six stations of static and then a, a channel that was that was running the water boy. And so, you know, I kind of I put the water boy on in the background while I'm, you know, prepping and unpacking and everything. And you know, it's, it's the water boy. It's perfectly that fine. It's the law, right? Yeah, it's a it's a perfectly fine background movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're they're play- and the next morning, right? I'm I'm the youngest lawyer there by like three decades, right? Because it's an insurance coverage case, and so it is all of these uh, uh, septuagenarians like murmuring up to each other, repeating lines from the Water Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we were all in the same room, you know, stuck watching the same hotel, watching the same uh, the same movie the night before. So, um, you know, if you ever want to hear like 70 year old white guys talk about Vicky Valancourt, like that's uh, spend some time in uh, in Beaumont, Texas. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But no, but that but that like lawyer chatter, you know, sort of talking uh, you know, amongst amongst each other, sort of out of school. Uh, as soon as I saw that, um, uh, that the, uh, the the John Dowd Ty Cobb bit, that like that's that was immediately what it brought back to me was was just memories of us. All right, Devin, I got to ask you this because we're never <laughs> going to get Andrew to watch Tiger King. It's not going to happen. 
You did a Tiger King video. I'm sure it was massively popular because everyone wants to know. What were the main questions that people really wanted to know about Tiger King? And uh, can you can you of course, people should watch the video. But can you give us any highlights, uh, you know, that you that you found in that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Tiger King was interesting because if you were a law school professor and you were writing down these fact situations, the the, the students would look at you uh, cross-eyed because it's it's too crazy to actually happen in real life. Uh, so I, you know, my mind was spinning throughout the entire seven hours, now eight hours of, of Tiger King, the thing. So people really wanted me to opine about, uh, um, whether, yeah, whether, <laughs> yeah. whether Carol did it, whether, let's see what, oh, a lot about the, 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 the various lawsuits that were filed between Carol and, uh, and Joe, which, was fantastic from uh, from a trademark perspective because Joe was so dead well, to rights. It's sort of I mean, like he, that uh, Better Call Saul example, right? Pretty much where he just copied her yep. logo and yeah. I mean, worse. I mean, he yeah. absolutely admitted to uh, to creating it for the purpose of creating consumer confusion, which is you know the entire reason that the trademark law exists is to prevent consumer confusion my my absolute favorite thing and it's it's a little bit in the weeds uh and it's it's the you know the, the trial lawyer in me is that uh joe was trying to escape the the judgments for the the trademark lawsuit that he lost oh, and right. he, he lost it to the tune of a million dollars um, was he, he tried to fraudulently transfer the assets away from himself uh, to into the name of his mother, uh, and and the the documentary gets it. I, I think they they try and play this up that like Carol sued Joe's mom and how terrible of her that she would bring in Joe's mom into this, and it's very clear that. He's fraudulently transferring things out of his name into his mother's name to try and avoid judgment. And in doing some extra research into it, um, Shirley Shrevogel, Joe's mom, signed a, a settlement that said that she had engaged in all of these fraudulent transfers wow. and that they just put the paperwork in front of her and and she just signed it. She had no idea what she was signing. And so it wasn't so much that there was a separate lawsuit suing Joe's mom. It was that uh, Joe brought her into this world and tried to do something very underhanded. And it's so obvious, you know, if, if that would work, everyone would try and yeah. you know, sign assets away to, you know, their wives or their parents or their friends or something. Uh, and that doesn't work. We, we love to go after fraudulent transfers and uh, really get the judge mad that you've, you've done this, uh, this, this crazy thing. So those were those were some of my my favorite parts of of Tiger King, which is it's totally in the weeds and and wonky. No, but uh, it opens up a question, and we won't spend too much time on it in case people haven't watched it. But do you feel like you know? I I think there are a lot of people who are pretty upset over you know how biased the documentary might have been. What what is your? I mean, that's a good example where they they sort of painted uh, Carol as the villain going after Joe Exotic's mom, when in reality. Joe Exotic is the is the one, uh, you know, making <laughs> causing his mom to have to sign a settlement saying she participated in some fraudulent transfers. So how do you feel about the representation on the documentary? Do you think it was uh, misleading? I I think so. I, I think that they try and amp certain things up to have two people of relatively equal power or relatively equal egregiousness, um, because, again, when you have. 
uh, both sides, it, it becomes better from a narrative perspective. Um, and you know, I, I try and be careful with these things because there's a whole universe of facts that, that we're not privy to. And it was really interesting that, uh, you know, when the, the series became popular, uh, Carol actually put up a huge blog post, you know, trying to refute the various things that are portrayed in, in the series. And I highly recommend people that are curious about it, go to the big cat rescue website and check out, um, this particular blog post. And I'm sure you'll put a link in, in the description. Um, because it, it brings up a whole bunch of other things that are not clear uh, or not even raised in um, in the series that uh, I think paint things in a different light. And, you know, I, I try not to give a, a legal conclusion about a, a factual situation that I, you know, I'm not privy to the facts. I will often opine on facts that are, you know, all the facts are known. So if we're talking about actions that the Trump administration has taken or copyright issues where I can look at the two pieces of art that are in question. I can, I can make a, mm-hmm. a pretty uh, educated guess as to how that's going to come out. But you know, I will say that uh, uh, between Carol and Joe, only one of them is spending two decades in federal prison. So, <laughs> you know, maybe let that uh, inform your decision as to who you're going to give the benefit of the doubt to. Fair. I cannot help but ask because I, I I agree with you that the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking, well, and the same thing happened with making a murderer. I don't know if you uh, did you do that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I haven't done that on on the channel oh, okay. in, in part for the same reason. Yeah. That, well, that that was so that really felt like it. It it maybe misled people because it just felt like one thing. And then you look up some some additional facts and it's like oh my gosh that's not even close but i i I can't help but ask i thought that it seemed like the charge of uh murder for hire against joe exotic seemed really flimsy based on the case presented in the documentary um do you agree with that at all or have i gotten it wrong because it really didn't seem like much and is he in prison for just that or was it more all of the massive federal charges for the the animal stuff that he did. So he's in jail for both. And there were, there were five counts of uh, killing tigers. And that goes against the animal Wel- welfare act uh, that you can't, you can't just kill uh, yeah. big cats. Uh, you know, there are certain exceptions for certain kinds of, of uh, euthanization um, in, in terms of the, the murder for hire based on what was portrayed in the series and, and also the facts that, that came out at trial. I think it's a pretty slam dunk case. Oh, okay. You know, murder for hire or conspiracy to commit murder um, doesn't actually take all that much. We're talking about a, a single overt act and, and it's unclear, but it really seems like there was a, a changing of hands of, of three or $4,000. So if paying someone to commit a crime, even if the, that crime doesn't actually happen, I mean, that's textbook law school um, conspiracy to commit the the offense. It really felt like the documentary presented it with less clarity than that. Maybe I'm, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. And, and I don't mean to argue that the facts are not that way. It just, it felt like the documentary maybe tried to make it as Joe exotic sympathetic as possible. I think so. Yeah. Cause it I, I, seemed I, I like, Oh, so. well I gave him money, but it wasn't for that. Like, it seemed like there was an easy defense there, but clearly, I mean, he was convicted. So, but, but then I never know, yeah. like, did he just have a terrible lawyer did, or were the facts <laughs> slam dunk? And it just didn't tell us that. 
<laughs> a little column A, a little column yeah, B. Yeah. Well, uh, um, are you <laughs> we are running out of time. I do want to ask you. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this is Devin and Thomas yeah. talk about Tiger King. Because, because episode it, we, one. Believe me, we got so many emails asking, please get Andrew to watch Tiger King. And he's not going to do it. So this was... While while I'm sure some people who didn't watch Tiger King are 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 uh, maybe perhaps uh, their ears are glossing over if that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of people who are like, "This is the only Tiger King you're going to get on this show, guys." Sorry, <laughs> this is it. So I got you. I, I feel please. like we're trying to make as many people happy as we can uh, by by doing a little bit. But we're we're uh, in the waning amount of time. I want to ask. We asked the you know who gets it r- uh, right. Did we ask who gets it wrong? Like, what? What are? What's your favorite uh, show that you've done that that really gets the law uh, just totally wrong? Or movie by the show? For that, I boy, I, I should really have a spreadsheet of the <laughs> yeah, that I We actually I give. started a spreadsheet for our lot of movies where we're like, we're gonna rate them, but and then I kind of you know lost track of it after a while because we started doing weird. We started doing like depositions, like Roger Stone deposition, and it started getting the category uh, was no longer simply movies but uh, we we wanted to do the same thing keep track of, yeah, I, yeah. I, I i did give uh, I, I did give tiger king f for legal realism <laughs> uh, but the the one that really sticks out uh, and i don't know if this is the lowest grade i've given but it's the one that um that scarred me the most is um how to get away with murder um what is which, that i'm actually not familiar with that it's a it's a tv show that i've only seen the first episode but the first episode involves a uh a law school professor i guess an adjunct professor because she still has a criminal defense firm and then on day one she has uh, her entire 1l crim law class um uh go to an active murder scene uh <laughs> and and then as you do the and then their grades depend on actively participating in the defense of the main <laughs> defendant. Um, Did you have and, that class? Did you have that class in law school? Did you do that? You both do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. After you take crim pro, you get active you find a crim. murder. Yeah. And in active crim, you uh, you you uh, represent a defendant and then you plant <laughs> evidence and you create evidence. And I mean, it's, it's really good uh, instruction for uh, being a full time crim- criminal defense lawyer. I'm sure it took you right back to law school. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that. No, yeah. So b- yeah, between going to an active crime scene, participating in an active defense and interviewing the defendant and their grade being based on how well they defend and um, uh, exonerate <laughs> this defendant. I mean, it's just oh, it's insanely terrible. preposterous. That well, is absolutely terrible. You know, uh, all, all of this uh, Tiger King law bumped the uh, substantive question that that I was going to ask and, and plug for your Go most ahead. for your most recent video, which uh, had to deal with essentially the question was whom can be sued over COVID-19. And you tackled, I think, really presciently because uh, I think you made the video before. The attorney general of Missouri decided to file a lawsuit against China for manufacturing COVID-19. Um, and, and I thought you just did uh, an outstanding job in that video in sort of breaking down the, uh, the, foreign, sovereignties, the, the foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. And I, I don't know if you've had a chance to read uh, the, the Missouri attorney general's complaint, um, but they, they, you know, sort of attempt to shoehorn it into an exception that, you know, the, the commercial exception you talk about in the video. And it's just, um, 
it's uh it's it's nonsense coming from an attorney general that uh i thought i thought you did a nice job of of rebutting in advance so yeah it's it's absolutely insane it, it's really like they watched my my video and and tried to do the, the opposite <laughs> of, uh, of of best practices it, i mean it's 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 ludicrous from the start to say that uh i guess the the um the party the 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 people's republic party is somehow not the government of china and, and is involved in commercial activity um in, in china and, and the us i mean it's just it's it's it doesn't pass the laugh test yeah. it's it's ridiculous yeah and 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 i i will point out if if you haven't seen it that uh somewhat contradictory um <laughs> one of one of America's least delightful senators, uh, Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, uh, introduced a bill, I think, uh, two days ago to uh, lift the FSIA to permit Americans to sue China again for manufacturing COVID-19 in a secret biowarfare lab or whatever QAnon theory they, they, they think they're advancing now. And 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 what I love about the video that you did is it you you lay out the reason why you don't want to do this, right? <laughs> because we really, really don't want China allowing its citizens to sue the U.S. government in China for whatever, you know, nonsense they can concoct, right? Like it, it's... Well, plus uh, what's going to happen? We're going to get discovery where like the secret lab is going to send us some documents or something? How, how would you even... What would be the outcome of this, even if you could do it? How would you? you know, it makes no sense. I mean, a, a good rule of thumb in thinking about these kinds of things as a, as a layperson for for everyone that isn't a lawyer that that listens to this podcast is if it was a viable um, cause of action or a legal theory, uh, there would be a lawsuit over it because uh, you know lawyers like to get paid, and it's not that hard to find. A, a person withstanding if you have a good idea for a lawsuit. That's, well, I don't want to get political, but that's often how class action lawsuits start is a plaintiff's lawyer gets an idea and then they will find a plaintiff to represent the class. Um, so yeah, if you could sue President Trump, if you could sue China, uh, someone would do it. And um, I, I don't think the Missouri AG is... Um, uh, the sharpest legal mind in, in the drawer here. <laughs> well, that's and 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 I, I think that's a a great uh, kind of end, end point, at least for mine. I, I want to add that you know one of the things you do that that I really love uh, that you just you just did right there is um, you 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 take a stand right. You will <laughs> you will take a look at a lawsuit and say, yeah, this is going to get dismissed. Um, and you know we we do that too, but um, you know a lot. A lot of lawyers are, are are a little bit reluctant to kind of make the prediction and uh, you know put their uh, 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 you know put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. But uh, but you do that. Well, well look, I mean, <laughs> it's it's actually sort of the exception rather than the rule for for uh, cases where I will I, I will give uh, hmm. a, a, a strong li- likelihood of, of how it's going to turn out. But you know, the the truth is not evenly distributed. And sometimes there are not two sides to a story. And I could be wrong. And there could be some ad hoc legislation that allows it to to go through. But there are certain times when you'd really be doing a disservice to say that you know, spend a long time on the other side of this issue. And, and I think <laughs> that's one of those uh, that's one of those cases The the case that, that you covered recently, the the wash light uh, versus Fox News oh, man. case is, is another one that it's just it's it's not good for the legal profession yeah. to to create these nonsense things and an anti-slap or a slap lawsuit 
whether it's propagated by the left or the right, is bad for the country. And uh, I don't want to see it on either side. No, that uh, so. Yeah, no, that 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 is that is exactly right. And I and I love the way you put that, that, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's not just a content generation. It's not just, you know, sort of taking a uh, an opinion to get, you know, clicks or listeners or whatever. But but, you know, the the place that you and I are both coming from is, hey, you know, this is this is my job. This is a profession I really do love. And um, and and it, and it hurts to see. Um, you know, people abusing that um, and 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 sort of bringing it into to ill repute. And you know, we both know that, like, on the list of America's least trusted professions, right? Whenever you see those top ten listicles, like, uh, lawyers always on there, and that um, that that hurts. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure you feel similarly that you know the bad apples are going to get a lot of press but there are a lot of people that are on the front lines of these things a lot of lawyers that that do a lot of good mm. and the the whole point of the legal system is to promote justice and to and to right wrongs and there are a lot of people that do that absolutely every day and you don't hear about them so i think we should celebrate the the lawyers who are doing good for this world and we should make examples of you know, the bastards who are trying to stifle speech or propagate uh, facially uh, wrong, uh, you know, cases that promote injustice. And, and you know, I, I try and do a little bit of that uh, on my channel um, and, and you guys do, too. So, uh, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, here, here. Awesome. Well, the channel is, again, of course, Legal Eagle on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else, any other plugs you want to throw out while you're here? I think that's it. You can, the best place to find me is, uh, youtube.com slash legal Eagle, uh, or sometimes I'm on Twitter, but, uh, I, I really appreciate, uh, you guys having me on and having this great discussion. I hope you'll have me back because I think Andrew and I could talk for a very, very long time <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, about, about our... Tiger King, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks for having me on now. Thanks for coming. Our pleasure. All right, it's time to thank our top patrons, our Hall of Famers, our all-time greats on patreon.com slash law. Get all the perks that we've outlined uh, in the last couple shows. Uh, Q&A, all that stuff. A lot of awful movies coming at you every month. All right, here we go. Top patrons. First, No Borders Beauty. Nice, okay. Uh, DynamiteResumes.com. Mike Hall, which I still, every time I think it's tricking me, but it's, it's just Mike, Mike <laughs> Hall. Uh, <laughs> watch out watch out chill. if mike hunt becomes a uh, patron but <laughs> i think they already did didn't they yeah. chevron vast deference <laughs> minneapolis live show i'll bring twins tickets yeah that's stuff that still exists samuel bland fly like a hot dog freedom eagle <laughs> angry <laughs> MacFace, tau ben helquist it's tuesday everyone just in case you lost track yeah wow that's actually very helpful <laughs> This patron name is a lot more pressure than I was expecting. In Illinois, we pronounce it Illinois. See, Andrew? You mean <laughs> that, in Illinois? The, they pronounce the it Illinois? <laughs> yeah, that might be one of the best patron names. I mean, not to say any, you know, there are plenty of good patron names. That might be one of the best in that each time we switch. So, like, I get to be right when I read it and you get to be right when you read it. That is a really well done yeah. patron name. Carl Hungus, another great. <laughs> Silk at appearslegit.com. There is nothing you can name us that is anything like Mandamus. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Judy's Executioner. Ziegenhagen, Ziegenhagen, oi, oi, oi. 
Question marks. Ian Buckley. They cannot arrest a husband and wife for the same crime. Fantastic arrested development. Uh, quote, Kristen Daniel. Time has lost all meaning. Jake Braun. Colleen Wilson. Christopher Brown. Lawful Copter. Can we get cert to appeal all of Thomas's incorrect T3BE answers? Support the co-op economy. It's garbage pod. It's a smegging garbage pod. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear. Torres Smith, 2024. Andrew reveres... <laughs> Andrew reviews all Tiger King law. Oh, 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 well, that's one of the patrons I was trying to make happy with today's episode. Hopefully we kind of did that a little bit, but it wasn't Andrew. Clear eyes, full hearts, totally clear. Zirkel, self-isolation gave me time to finish Pornhub. <laughs> Barry McCockiner, there we go. Unprecedented, resented, demented, president, defenestrated. Ad Astra, Odin is a truth-telling dog face law dog. <laughs> Emily Rainbow Spence, Donald Trump's penis has a toenail. Ugh. It's pointless to be mad about the status quo if you don't vote out Trump. Yeah. Jason Copas, looking forward to the 2020 Marble Olympics. Thank you, Jell's Marble Runs. Man Chicken has nothing better to do and changed his name. Crushing weight of reality won in this timeline. My blanket, my blue blanket, give me my blue blanket. Almost, but not quite, entirely unlike a president. Vegas is a ghost town. Zart Cosgrove is eagerly awaiting the Seattle live show. Someday. Nate Drex, opening arguments, law in front, party in the back, hashtag law mullet. Stuff and polls. <laughs> Did you know Ric Flair was heavyweight champion 16 times? Well, now that you do, what do you say we go back to my place, baby? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic Lot Awful Movies reference. Go check out that Lot Awful Movies if you don't get it. That was well done. Darth Mandy Pants. As always, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> I'm an umbrewing. Another that's another lamb reference, right? The previous one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or or that might just be the regular episode. Uh 13th century Saxony gravel truck lawyer. V Frank. Airbud 10, boxers on the canvas. Volunteer for your candidate today and take back your government. Jennifer Cratch, remain indoors. Diogenes the Cynic was right. Sharpening my baking and pasta skills in quarantine baguettes and pasta, anyone? Yes. Wash your hands, then vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> and wash your hands again. Jeff Galbach, uh, Stephen Balticate Sandoval. This space intentionally left blank. All right, your turn, Andrew. And thank you to Hot Dog Freedom Eagle is the name of my professional Calvin Ball team. <laughs> is today the day I get in the second half of the list? Yes, indeed it is. Congratulations on uh, making the uh, second half the, the best half, actually. Uh, at least it, it's in the top two of halves. CivilPoliticsRadio.com, Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Valley Free Radio. John Bilderback, Fascist Reagan Judges, another great uh, Lot Awful Movies reference. Andrea, The Arbitrary and Capricious. Seattle, home of Westland Distillery, tons of corgis, and OA live shows eventually. Uh, Gare Surgeth, Methale Presidenting, that's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) OA Dance Break, Boots and Cats and Boots and Cats and. Eric Osman. Yeah, I wasn't going to try and do that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Eric Osman, Payne Struppet, Tom Smith is my favorite attorney. Andrew is a close second. Trambolus, stay at home. Stay the F at home. Thank you. Napoleon, the wandering gambler. Clown on the live show. I just want dinner in Seattle. Yeah. Milo Meadsong stands in solidarity with the UW nurses and their union. Blame Patreon for constantly failing to save profile name charges. All right, we'll do. Uh, changes, sorry. Uh, we'll do. 
our 50th best patron, John, moderately handsome John. Well, I like, <laughs> I like that John has, you know, reasonable ambitions there. I, mean, I bet you're a tick above margin, moderately handsome. Probably a good solid seven, seven and a half, right? Our first and only favorite karaoke legend, Cosmo Blues. Join your labor union. Together we bargain, alone we beg. Bill and Ted's bogus jury, and I'm not kidding, I would watch the F out of that movie. Um, James Call, happy anniversary to Dan and Holly. Yeah, happy anniversary, you two. No. Chad T, Anonymous, Adam Costa, J. Aldenwalt. It annoys me that the title of The Great British Baking Show is missing a raspberry. I love The Great British Baking Show. Uh, Word so, Origin well, Oh, you finally watch it? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's opened up a whole love another topic there's, on there's the show. No, okay. There's no lot-awful movies for The Great British Baking Show, but... Um, Lot awful baking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love everything about that show. Anyway, uh, wordorigins.org, your source for legal terms from 13th century Saxony. Do leeches help for coronavirus? No. Closing concession. Buttercups Legal Services offering legal counsel to Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> Don't stand so close to me, 20. Justin, hmm. Derek, increasing our patronage for everyone because times are tough. Well, thank you so much. We We really do appreciate that. Liz somehow became a real-life video game lawyer. Well, congratulations, Liz. Great, great work. Uh, you're an excellent lawyer, and uh, hopefully you're having fun with that. Master's degree in theoretical phys ed. <laughs> Big easy blasphemy. The yodeler has achieved escape velocity and is now in orbit. Rhonda wants an Alaskan live show before it all melts. I picked a hell of a pandemic to quit drinking. Well, you could you could start again, you know. No, yeah. no one's stopping you. Malika Chandler. Poot quackentush. Soggy is that pants. another beatboxing thing? I, I have no <laughs> idea. What... Sush, that's like a 5-4 <laughs> yeah, beat. No, 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 no. Maybe. Uh, soggy Pants, David in Brooklyn, Greg Sullivan, Matthew Vernon, Adopt a Homeless Pet and a Post Decline and Ear Docking. Don't take ramp building advice from a podcast. Padre Pederastia, Heather L., Jeremiah's Fancy Microwave Emporium, Ian and Alley, Danny Rosari, Sam Buck, Eli Bosnick, Sam Danau, It's a Tape, Not a Cassette, <laughs> Alexandra Chalupa, a.k.a. Natasha Crunchwrap. That will always make me giggle. Yeah. Mitchell, Stormy promised us D-Picks. Are you sure DeSantis is smart? He can't even put on a face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that 100%. And of course... <laughs> Our patron, uh, the, the the one who keeps the lights on and keeps everything running here, Conrad Michaels. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, sincerely, uh, we appreciate it. Um, almost everybody on this list has been a uh, a longstanding supporter, and um, uh, we 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 really do appreciate that. Patreon.com slash law five bucks to get into the Hall of Fame tier, um, and uh, and thank you all so much. Oh, no associate of this firm has ever failed the bar Talk to the hand. I need your clothes. That's one of my mission parameters. Trust me. I know now why you cry. And now it's time for the answer to T3BE. A little more bonus Devin time. Uh, all right, Devin, let's find out how we did. All, all Devin time is bonus Devin time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, this bar question was uh, two two guys are together watching the football game and the uh, the visitor is enraged by the ref's call, throws a bottle of beer, breaks the man's television. Uh, and the man, the homeowner, uh, picks up uh, his nearby football watching hammer. And uh, and hits. And says if you can dodge a hammer, you can dodge a ball. No, right. never mind. Sorry, different movie. 
<laughs> and hits his friend over the head with it, uh, and the friend dies from the blow. And so the question is, what is the most serious crime of which this man could properly be convicted? And the crimes listed in order of seriousness were murder, voluntary manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, and assault. Uh, you both chose B, voluntary manslaughter. Um, and and I have to tell you guys, the the answer at, at common law is in fact A. Ha, um, damn it. The, uh, so that, so, so is it because of what I said? Is there it, a degree it, that it, matters or what? So uh, it, it, absolutely there are uh, degrees of murder. Um, the, the, at, at common law, this is really uh, meant to test, uh, I think, that the, I'm going to read some of what the answer says, which I don't, I don't think the answer is particularly well written here. But I think what this is trying to test is the question of intent uh, in criminal cases. And so you intend uh, not only the action that you've done, uh, but you intend the reasonably foreseeable consequences oh. of oh, that I action. I said that, but, but I should yeah. have chosen murder. Oh, and okay. so when when I whack you with a hammer, a reasonable, uh, you know, objectively reasonable person should know that that could kill you. Uh, I intended to hit you with the hammer and it did in fact kill you. Um, it, it What the question gets right, I'm going to read you what the, the, the answer says, which I don't think explains this very clearly, but um, the uh, what, what it does explain clearly is that you could argue Right. That the breaking mm. the TV was sufficient provocation that the response back is manslaughter and, and not murder. Right. Like, I'm just I'm angry. This is where we're yeah, Devin really was sort nice of TV going into the history of the, you know, jilted lover uh, in 13th century Saxony. Um, so uh, but 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 as the question points out that would be an issue for the jury to accept or reject, right? Like it would not. Right. Which uh, would mean you could properly which, be convicted. Exactly or, right. Yeah, and that I is, they that. do that trick on the bar exam a lot where they'll ask, you know, what is, what is possible here? Right. And so the yeah. question is, is it possible to get a murder <sighs> conviction on these facts? The answer is yes. The, the Devin, you tell me what you, what you think about this one. Cause I, I'm, I don't know that this explains it as well as the as the mens rea concept, but it says um, a common law, a defendant could be convicted of murder, not only for an intentional killing, but also for causing another's death by actions intended to cause serious bodily oh, injury yeah. short of death. And then under the facts of the case, a jury could properly convict on that that basis. I I, I tend to go with my explanation over theirs. but <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that's correct. And in, in my only defense, I, uh, I, I glommed on to the enragement of, of the defendant here and went for the thought that at, at common law that there would be sort of a diminished capacity issue here. But you yeah, can it's, blame it's, me, it's, Devin. It's fine. I threw you off. I, uh, you know, fully I'm here to, as a scapegoat to take the blame. I blew it. Fine. <laughs> no, this this one is this one is entirely on me. That it's clear that the, the the requisite intentionality is there, and that this potential affirmative defense, I think, it might be colorable, but doesn't really work. I'm most mad that I practically said the answer in that he's responsible for the the re- the like reasonable what is it the assumption of consequences whatever. Yeah. I pretty much said that, and then still went with B, and I should have gone with A. I failed. 
But yeah. uh, that's so, okay. Uh, to, to my everlasting shame, uh, I, I got the question wrong. Uh, I you can't see it because uh, this is audio, but uh, I am giving up my uh, my gavel, my gun, oh, and my wow. holster, and I will uh, <laughs> I'll resign my various bar admissions. It just wow. it just means we have to have you back on the show to uh, to get your percentage up. Um, and, and speaking of Thomas, you are now uh, did two things, right? So first, you are 98 for 175, which is 56%. Uh, Devin, you are zero for one, which is uh, zero, zero <laughs> percent. Um, but uh, somebody pointed out, one of our patrons pointed out that, um, you know, I mean, 175, it's, it's hard, you know, you're pushing the boulder uphill, uh, that we should also give, you know, your most recent um, and then the new program tracks uh, over your last 22 questions, Thomas, you're at 73 uh, percent, wow. even counting getting this one wrong. So um, I, I I love this. This illustrates I, I often will try and point out when, um, you know, when I would have uh, gotten the question wrong. Um, it, it the bar exam's hard and uh, and asking a criminal question of a non-criminal lawyer is um, this this I think for, for a study guide, this illustrates sort of the importance on the question of uh of of the the could part right what's the yeah. what's the strongest offense for Gosh, which this person could right. be convicted Ugh, uh, but uh, but good job guys it. you know it was right there yeah. well uh thanks Boo. Devin. i appreciate Boo. you making it was me rigged. feel better it was by... rigged <laughs> fake news <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate you making me feel better by picking the same wrong answer that i did and uh once again, everybody check out Legal Eagle on YouTube. And Andrew, why don't you uh, hop in your time machine and tell us who this week's big winner is. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. So, as it turns out, befitting the difficulty of this question, a lot of people on social media also got it wrong. A handful got it right, including Mike J. But I absolutely have to award this week's winner to an incorrect but hilarious answer from Schmoopy the Science Groupie on Twitter, who writes, The voluntary manslaughter charge would be the most serious charge appropriate for the crime. That's incorrect. But then, however, the real crime here is if the man failed to shout stop hammer time before he bashed in his friend's head. That is an outstanding A plus MC Hammer reference to this question. And so even though uh, Schmoopy, the science groupie, got it wrong, everyone should give that person a follow. That is at S-H-M-O-O-P-Y-T-H-E-S-C-I-E-1. So I like the idea that there may be multiple Schmoopy the science groupies and congratulations on being this week's winner slash uh, early 90s rap referencer great work <laughs> all right that's our episode thanks again to devon legal eagle on youtube that was so much fun and we got tiger king i know uh you uh, i found a way around andrew's uh moratorium on refusal to watch tiger cake yeah that's that's uh, i think i blacked so out fun. for like uh 17 yeah. minutes there that was fun um you're missing out man it was a it was a wild <laughs> ride anyway uh i'm gonna no, i'm no, gonna no. i'm gonna make good on uh on better call saul oh so definitely watch yeah. better call saul and tell me remind me what happens every episode because it's so good i will i love it okay right. thanks everybody we will see you next time you betray the law Roar! 
This has been Opening Arguments with Andrew and Thomas. If you love the show and want to support future episodes, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash law. If you can't support us financially, it'd be a big help if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast delivery vehicle you use. And be sure to tell all your friends about us. For questions, suggestions, and complaints, email us at openarguments at gmail.com. The show notes and links are on our website at www.openargs.com. Be sure to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OpenArgs. Until next time. is a production of Opening Arguments Media, LLC. All rights reserved. Opening Arguments is a copyrighted production of Opening Arguments Media, LLC. All rights reserved. Opening Arguments is produced with the assistance of our editor, Brian Ziegenhagen. Our transcriptionist, Heather Loveridge, production assistant, Ashley Smith, and with the generous assistance of our volunteer, unofficial researcher, Deborah Smith. Special thanks to Teresa Gomez, who runs our merch and our live shows, and also heads up the OA Wiki project. Follow them at, at OA Wiki. And a big thank you to our Facebook group moderators, Emily Waters, Alicia Cook, Eric Brewer, Natalie Newell, Brian, and Teresa. Check out the Opening Arguments community on Facebook. And finally, thanks to Thomas Smith for creating the fabulous OA theme song which is used with permission.